Good morning, Stefan. <laughs> Good morning, Amy. Hey. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I feel like it looks really dark for me here. Is it dark? It does. Yeah, it does. It's pretty dark. I know it's a little earlier than normal and the sun is usually much brighter through this window, but mm -hmm. is what it is, I guess. <laughs> it is. I am under full artificial light here. Uh, I have light over here, a light source. Yes. But yeah, usually I have a pretty good balance of the two. So yeah, I have, get the dark um, side today. <laughs> the dark side. Welcome to the dark side. Right. I am your father. <laughs> <laughs> well, how are you today? <laughs> um, I haven't had a long time to check in, but it seems yeah. pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Pretty, pretty jacked up. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's really good. Yeah. Uh, Holy cow. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm like, I'm in uh, get stuff done mode this morning. Um, all right. You've already, but, already had your coffee. I got like a half here. I started with just a giant. I filled my coffee thermos with water today, with warm water, <laughs> with the oh, warm yeah. water, because I'm trying to, I'm, I'm going on a road trip today, um, headed to California. I'm speaking at a conference tomorrow oh, morning. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That explains why I'm getting unsolicited LinkedIn uh notifications oh you're going to a conference we'd love to invite you to this party wait what <laughs> you are because like of me i think so because picture okay. are you going as picture this clothing oh maybe that must be why yeah Somebody, i think that's uh, who they it's supposed to be coffee with jamie but yeah i think they do have me listed in the bio as, as pick as picture this still which is fine this, either way i think it's great uh because it's um one, it shows you the persistence and the tenacity of, <laughs> of outside salespeople. Oh my gosh, yeah. Right? Of, of biz dev people who are like, who's this person? Who are all the people in the company? What are yeah. their most like, like, where do they get our email addresses? That's right. And yeah. then, and then they're, and then they're sending us messages come, you know, come to the party. Yeah, come to the, so, I, um, I have gotten a few as well. I was just like, wait, why are they sending them to you? But yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> because, because our company yep. will be at. Yeah, that's right. Ken got some too. And yeah, he was like, oh, just in case. But most of them for like Wednesday night or whatever. I was like, Ugh. but yeah, we do. My sister's coming with me. She flew in last night. Oh, so nice. we're going to road trip together and uh, yeah. And then it's at Disneyland, so we're, we're going to Disney while we're there. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's super cool. I'm super excited. And um, yeah, so I'm in that mode. I'm kind of like, but then also, you know, when you have to do a talk tomorrow, I'm like, how ready am I? Am I as ready as I, I think I'm as ready as I'm going to be, right? But at the same time, I, there's always like, I am always rewriting, like always rewriting it. Re, you sure. Know? And then I always but, end up going back to what was already written. Well, I think you're more ready than ever. <laughs> there's there's a great deal of truth in that. And I, I feel that in a lot of ways, like in a way that I don't think I ever have before. Like I have a, a calmness about going like, 
I'll be nervous yes. in the morning. I'm always a little nervous, but I feel differently about it right now. I feel confident. I feel comfortable. Um, I'm changing the format into more of a workshop rather than a talk just to yes. have more engagement. And I'm excited about that. Um, and that will be different than any, you know, than the way I normally deliver this talk. So I don't know. I'm excited. I'm excited on a lot of levels. That's where yes. my headspace today. <laughs> well, that is one thing that being present gets us is more room to just feel ourselves and to be calm and confident and not uh, collect everything that we have, right? Like if we're thinking about the future, you, you can't really see what you have with you. Yeah. Right. Like you can't, you can't assess what you've brought with you into the moment. It's true. It's very true. <laughs> I just try yeah. to ride with it, but yeah, it's, it is. I'll let you finish. <laughs> so well, we, well, we had that, we had that, you know, we spoke about being in nature and being of nature and being, being nature. nature. And um, I've had since had a chance to kind of am I really going to say marinate? I, I guess it's not like <laughs> absorb, yeah. <laughs> but it's not it's not the word I wanted, but um, but I said it. So I've had a chance to marinate on this and. I have had this incredible calm with moments when I notice when I am really out of it, right? Yeah. I, what, what I notice now is when I'm really out of being present, when I'm thinking or worrying about, and it, and it has to do with judgment, just trying to judge anything, trying to manage any moment, trying to have an opinion about something or someone or an interaction or what's going to happen or who am I supposed to be or I notice that so much it's so uh I, I could say disturbing but it's jarring yeah it's such a it's such a big alternative place to be in well, it's, it's not alternative place to be in. I, I guess it's, it's a, it's a fake place to be in, right? It's a fabricated place to be in. It's not a real place, right? I'm completely in another place thinking about what's going to happen or how am I going to do it? versus like we talked about in our last uh, session arriving and being calm clear and confident and not in a hurry to be anywhere else just absorbing everything that's right around me yeah and because i already have in that moment i already have everything i need for that moment that I love that you brought that up because that's very much I feel like I've got this 
like event. I'm going to this event. I'm excited about it. But at the same time, I've been trying to re- like pace myself a little bit, like just re- like, I don't know, like being mindful of my speed, um, if, if that makes sense. And yes, like, absolutely. I'm a lot more aware of it and, and trying to just like, like, I don't even know if like, I, I keep doing this, like I'm trying to pull back or slow down, but it's not, it's not really that it's, it's awareness, right? It's like, breathe, just breathe in the moment. You, you're in this moment. We walked Ernie together out at our park this morning. We went a little bit early. So it was a little darker than normal. And, you know, we knew what time we wanted to be back by, but at the same time, we didn't hurry through the walk. You know, it was just like, it, it's that constant sort of checking in and going, like, I feel this moment, I'm breathing in that sky and that sky and that's, I mean, like, I don't know, there's so much amazingness to breathe, to breathe. And I'm trying to, I, I think, put more focus on that every breath, every moment. Um, yeah, not get caught up in this. <laughs> I think we used the whirlwind reference last week, right? Um mm-hmm. Cause I feel it, I feel it and I see it, but I, I don't want to get sucked into it. I, I don't mind that it's there, this whirlwind. I know that it exists. It's a framework that I don't necessarily want to be a part of though. It's a framework that I would like to, con- it, how I see it, how I've been seeing it is like my role with this company that the stuff that I'm doing, I feel like there's a big whirlwind there and I'm like, Hey, I have tools that can help you get out of this whirlwind <laughs> if you want. And I just yes. every now and then poke a tool out. <laughs> and yeah. uh, that's how I kind of feel um, about that. <laughs> and I, I'm loving it. I'm loving that, you know, what that's bringing into my life and the energy that it's bringing for me. It's a revitalization that I haven't had in a while. Um but at the same time, I'm trying to protect, and I, I'm cautious at that word too. I'm trying to um, retain Cherish. the space. Yeah, retain what I've built because what I've built is good. <laughs> what I've built for myself is good, but I also know that if I just stay in one spot and, and be static, I won't grow. And so I'm there for growth. I'm here for growth. Well, also, there is the illusion of staying in one spot. That's true, because, right? Because we are never in one spot. We're right? never everything, static. Yeah, everything is dynamic. There is no, every morning we wake up is a different moment. So true. And, and so the, even the judgment of staying in one spot is is illusory (laughs) it is and that's see that's what this conversation does this makes me so aware of every word i choose because it's you know it is it's one of those things where i i'm definitely feeling a lot and and i like being questioned and challenged to think think about the words you're you're using and also think about what you're feeling. Think about how you're existing mm-hmm. <laughs> in being nature. Well, you know, again, everything we say, everything we think is going out mm-hmm. into the 
matrix, right? It's out there and it's yeah. resonating. And the more we repeat something, the more, so if I say I'm stuck, I'm stuck, I'm stuck. Right, right. Even, even though nothing is stuck, there is nothing stuck in this dynamic universe, right? The universe. We know the Eric Idle Monty Python song, <laughs> the universe is expanding at whatever miles per hour. And um, so lighten up, there are clouds lighten in up. the sky, lighten <laughs> up. Because <laughs> you don't know the answer and neither do I. So meanwhile, yeah. let's just all lighten up, right? Yeah, <laughs> just relax a little bit here, yeah. But nothing is nothing is static and so the only reason we think it's static is because we say it's static yeah and so then we limit ourselves otherwise everything is moving everything is resonating to us and that's what that's it though right at what uh velocity is it moving and even velocity is an arbitrary concept Time is an arbitrary concept. Velocity isn't, right? Because velocity is distance over time. Right, right. What distance is arbitrary? I mean, we measure in inches, feet, miles. Um, we count in base 10, whereas some cultures didn't count in they counted in different bases they had different ways of even organizing the way they counted things and created numbers and all of these things are arbitrary what if we measured what if we measured everything in light years what if we measured everything in the scale of the earth or the scale of just our solar system all of these things are arbitrary how big is the how big is the universe how big is your universe or my universe all of those things if we are if we are nature then we are already all of it there's no need to measure there's no way to measure it because right. we are all of it right we are everything we are ernie <laughs> You see we Ernie are. here. I keep, I keep talking in my Ernie voice, but yeah, <laughs> Ernie's little ears poking up in the video there. You know, um, my dad used to talk about this sort of thing once in a while, um, and just communication as it regard, you know, as it as it applies to communication and how um, cumbersome our communication method is and words mm -hmm. and like that that we we do this because this is what, where we're at sort of, but he's like, yeah, you know, he's like, but if we were in our most efficient state, we could just know without all of these words. And I was just like, wow. But I always just, my dad was a little out there. I'll, I'll say, I mean, by, you know, the uh, average uh, person's standards, but he always had really interesting thoughts too, you know, really interesting things to say. And that was always well, one that, that stuck with me. Well, that is the um, that is the ultimate state is knowing it's not judging, it's knowing the truth, right? That is the ultimate spiritual state of accomplishment is 
knowing is a pure connection to what's going on without any judgment. It be, it's a point where everything is non becomes non-linear, right? Every, because everything we do to judge and measure and predict has some kind of linear dualistic quality. I am here. I want to go there. I, um, this is that far away. I have this many days till this happens. I have this much money. I, I hate this person this much. I like, <laughs> I like this person that much. How much do you love me? Right? Like all of these things are, we measure, but there is, um, in the Hawkins, I just finished another Hawkins book. And there's always the thread of ultimately being connected to the truth, that there is an absolute truth, but it's nonlinear. It's, it has, it's not to be interpreted or analyzed. It just exists. It is the truth. Yeah. And that is the ultimate state of knowing where there is no judgment anymore. It's just knowing. Yeah. It, and, and so that is whatever that is, however, and I'm sure now that we have um, broached the topic, we will have more ideas about it. But that is the place of being completely present and without this, uh, without the ego, essentially. Yeah. You know, the ego is what wants to do all the judging and figuring. Yeah. You know, and, and interestingly, since we've started these conversations, it's, and this is, I mean, this is a, a this is a judgment that's happening, I think in my mind, but it's something that I'm, I, I guess I have a different awareness of now. Um, since we started these conversations. And I, 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 what it is, is um, encounters with other people and the topics of conversation that come up. I'm often, I often find myself, uh, how do I even say this? Because this is a very, it's very judgy in a way, right? It's, it's like, well, this isn't interesting to me. <laughs> so I'm going to move on. But I, I don't mean it in a, I don't know how I mean it. I, it's just one of those things where like my mind checks in and then it checks right out and I move on. And if the conversation isn't engaging in, I guess this sort of way, like I love these, these topics. I love these topics. I, and I love, you know, again, I reference Ken all the time because Ken is just a constant mill of ideas. And, you know, I have this idea or if we, you know, if we've encountered some sort of challenge somewhere along the way a sticking point you know bring up we've run into some little bumps um in our path like he'll be like you know I was thinking about that and I thought boom 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 and he'll have a hundred ideas you know about like or we could do this or we could do that or his idea will you know spark something in in my brain that I mean this is how picture this we talked about picture this or this is how picture this was born right like we had this experience with Zia where um, she drew a thing and then I made it real. And then, you know, her joy um, of experiencing wearing her creation. So there, there's this, just this magnetic idea, um, almost like 
popcorn <laughs> kernels popping their yes. ideas just gone boop, 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 and one bounces off another off another and and then it becomes this bigger thing and those are very stimulating and very exciting and if that's not there i find myself um wanting to move on quickly <laughs> absolutely yeah that's well, very judgmental isn't it i mean well it could be very judgmental, I guess, but it seems what you are nav using to navigate is joy. <laughs> very much so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this yeah. is the, this is what I uh, this is one thing that I noticed in um, when I I was climbing. I, I've had a, a, so many things here. I've had because of this moment we talked about last week of being nature of this moment of sailing where I was in the moment and it yeah. was so I've repeated that um, story in my mind to just understand it a little better how it applies and I told the story my my buddy said how was your how was your weekend and I go I don't know I hardly remember <laughs> any of it other than I had this afternoon of sailing that was sublime and, and I started describing it and he's a bicycle racer and a climber. So he's had athletic, these kind of flow athletic yeah. experiences as we all have had, if, if we've been an athlete and pushed ourselves, we've, we've, everybody's, I would say that almost every athlete has had some version of what they could call a flow experience where they're just in the zone and doing and I started describing it to him and I saw how he lit up like he understood how awesome that was yeah and then everything else we talk about beyond that was we understood it was kind of mundane after that <laughs> See, right? that's where... it's just kind of mundane because it didn't everything else is just you're talking about the past or that it it wasn't this we were sharing this experience of like a really high moment a really incredible moment of awareness and joy and it like well like i said there wasn't even there wasn't joy in it right like it was beyond joy right it wasn't there wasn't an emotion even that I could judge. It was just everything was there. Like the entire world was there and I was in it. That was you it. it. You were it. I yeah. was, yeah, I was in it. And then everything else beyond that is mundane. Is just us trying to uh, capture it understand it, uh, perpetuate it, open up to it, or do things that are mundane or rote or habituated, um, or say we're stuck, but we're not stuck. Right. right? That's a, that is also an illusory concept. No one, no one is stuck because everything 
is dynamic. The entire universe, everything happening around us is dynamic. We are breathing different air. We are smelling different things. We are eating different molecules of even if we're eating the same toast every morning it is different <laughs> molecules from it's a different, different toast brain, from a different <laughs> yeah. part of the different part of the country right baked on a different day with different water and yeah. different yeast and all of these things every single little molecule is vibrating in a different way and and i love that your dad had a sense of this knowing because that is the that that place is a place of knowing where you don't like i didn't need any more information to operate i didn't need to judge it and and even knowing even using the word place of knowing it's it's limiting mm -hmm. right because it's beyond it's even beyond knowing it's it's just a it just is i it just you <laughs> right now we're stumbling because we've run out of words and i noticed in this the hawkins book he describes what happens at different stages of spiritual evolution and how even these concepts at different stages, people will describe them or understand them differently. And yeah. at lower stages, there is no understanding of these concepts because people are still stuck in this linear way of thinking and right. judging. They're in the framework. They're, in... They are in. They are in a. They are in a framework. And at each level, those frameworks. Um, might expand and then at some point there is no framework at all and that might in your dad's words that might be the place that place of knowing where the framework doesn't obscure right you're in the forest but you're not looking at the trees anymore you're looking at everything you're seeing through the trees you're I love everything closed. I have to say this because it was it's it's a relates but like on our walk in the the darkness you could see the sun rising like so normally on our walks it's it's pretty daylight the sun's coming up but it's it's pretty daylight so you see everything around you right but yeah. today because it was extra dark we could see through the darkness of the trees into the negative space between them and oh. the whole world beyond the trees and just, I mean, on one side, we could see the city lights of Las Vegas way off in the distance and they were beautiful, you know? And then we round the bend a little bit and we're in a more forested area. And through the trees, we see the sun coming up and the skies are blue and purple and orange and, and absolutely magical. And um, like, but, and I made that comment, I was like, oh, look, you can see, you know, between the negative space of the trees, is the world is everything you know and um ken was like oh i never looked at it that way before and it was just it was such a, a magic a magical feeling right um that was well, anyway i didn't mean to but that one little well, piece yeah. of what you said you know was um i was like yeah we just felt that and it's been um man 
I have a lot to process here. It's <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do. In in some of what you were saying though too is um, with the 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 frameworks and being stuck and all of these places that I feel like I I don't know I don't want to say left I've left them behind I, I I certainly like I still float through all of these places but I'm so excited and and that's not even the right word that's such an underwhelming word uh for what I I feel in my brain is like what do you even like boiling water I I don't know like there's just like I feel like my brain is like 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 popcorn we use that or a boiling water mm -hmm. or something it, uh, with with curiosity for what what unfolds next like I, and and again this is like trying to apply a sequence of events almost which i don't really want to do i just want to keep experiencing and existing in this space more and more and more and more and Wow, I guess that's it. That's all I've got for this moment. <laughs> like, well, Ooh. well, what I what I learned through Hawkins uh, recently is that there is no sequence. It is very different for everyone, and also it is it's unpredictable. There there may be moments of great revelation, and then there may be moments of great uh, quiet. I guess or um, or you might feel like that the popcorn isn't popping or <laughs> and maybe that's whatever. totally okay right like well it has to be okay because that's all you got <laughs> it's true <laughs> if it's, it's not true. okay you're being cruel to yourself right like you you have to you have to decide that's another it's also that's another mental discipline is you have to no matter what's happening you have to decide that that's what you got and that's what you're that's it's okay i have like, a question like for you do you meditate like in the traditional sense do you do meditation um no i do not meditate um in the traditional sense i used to i did a long time ago when uh kate was a little girl so let's 30 years ago uh, when my life was much more chaotic and uh, much more stressed uh, i would meditate and i found it very useful every you know early in the morning and um, but i have rock climbing i have sailing i have these things that they are meditations in and of themselves even they, they are right 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 like running walk, was always that yeah and you know running walking biking running, yeah. walking those are and i don't i guess when i was younger it was harder to sit and meditate because we are right because i felt i should be doing something i don't have that feeling that i need to be doing something all the time and even the meditation is a doing something it's not a being although meditation can get us to the being right all of these things are tricks 
I would say that I have arrived in these states just organically through the things that happen in my life, whether it's sailing. And, and we talked about that shift the other day. Uh, when I went sailing, normally I have the Ernie Esteban uh, <laughs> leash at the door excitement of let's go for the walk, let's go for the sail, let's go. Um, the wind's really good. Let's go. Come on, let's go. It's time, oh, it's time, it's time. I'm waiting for you guys, you know, um, but I didn't that morning that I had that sublime hour and a half of sailing in, in our little dinghy Francis, I didn't have any of that. I wasn't in a hurry, didn't care. It's not that I consciously didn't care. It just, there was no hurry. Hurry didn't exist. I was just like, gonna go get the sails, gonna go rig the boat, gonna grab the life vest, gonna attach the rudder, just do the things that I just very methodically do it. I'm gonna untie the lines, I'm gonna shove myself off and then have the wind carry me away from the dock. And it was all the things that I know how to do. There was no question no uncertainty, nothing existed, but the things that I know or need to do to get that boat out there, sit down and start sailing. And so that lack of urgency brought me into the moment because I didn't care about even in the most minuscule way I didn't care about any other moment and it and it wasn't pushing any other moment away I wasn't pushing anything away I wasn't going I gotta get away from yeah no my day because my day was my day was this just was fine yeah. my day was the day <laughs> that I was having so there was no pushing there was no pulling there was no other moment and I just jumped aboard and did all, and this is, I think this is also the thing that mastery brings us when we do anything really well, we disconnect our mind from what we're doing, right? So that is its own meditation, whether it's martial arts, right? Once you know, once you learn a kata, mm -hmm. yep it becomes automatic. And so you can perform it without being self-conscious. I, I, yeah. Right. And, yep. and the same, the same with the, uh, you know, if you're mountain biking, doing some downhill mountain biking, and if you run a particular course over yeah. and over, there's a, there's a point which that just becomes automatic. So any of these levels of mastery become their own, meditative space you know did it's i tell just you by default about like so bike riding something that i love <laughs> mm -hmm. but hadn't done for okay so as a kid bmx raced used to ride all over the desert and all of that and then around uh, my, I don't know, 19 through 24 ages, 19 through 24, um, mountain bike racing 
and and just writing a lot of writing and and whatnot and then um I moved back to Las Vegas and I it was like I just hung up my bike it was like my uh, spouse at the time didn't ride and didn't really have any interest in riding and I just my my bike sat in the garage and then 20 years I, I sold it and I ended up selling it in a garage sale probably 10 years ago um but I had that bike that was my first my first mountain bike the first thing that I bought with my own money that it actually cost more than my first car <laughs> but I loved that mountain bike right it was like this yes. specialized a1 whatever anyway it was it was a good bike um anyway so like 20 years passed right and then last year Ken's friend got him out on an like an e-mountain bike and he was just over the moon about it right like his, he's like I can't ride my knees hurt you know all the time and he his friend was like try the e-bike just try the e-mountain bike and he comes back and he's just ecstatic he's like I could ride it didn't hurt my knees there's a little you know a little something extra there in case you can't get up that hill um you feel bionic um, and yeah. he's like, you got to try it. You got to try it. And in my mind, I was like, my biking days are over. I haven't ridden in 20 years. You want to get me out on a trail? I'm in my late forties, you know, <laughs> just like all of these oh, things. Man, you were limiting up. yourself. <laughs> I really was. And I was kind of like unenthusiastic about it, but every time he'd ride for like three months, every time he'd ride and come back, he was just, I mean, radiating this enthusiasm. Right. And I was like, okay. I got to give him at least once, (laughs) right? And he's like, just once, just give me just once. And so I was like, all right, I will do this once for you. And then I'll probably never go again. But I went and, (laughs) and Stefan, let me tell you, I got out on that trail and it was like that feeling had never left. When I started pedaling, it was like, I was eight years old on a BMX ride again. And I, my heart soared and I rode that trail. Like you would be very impressed with this trail. <laughs> this trail, we went and rode um, out at Red Rock. It's called the Landmine Trail. It's a pretty, you know, good trail. It's not uh, not for the weak hearted. <laughs> I didn't wreck, not once. <laughs> I, was, I just took these things and my mind, I was like, you know what, Ken wouldn't take me on it if he thought I was going to hurt myself so just trust and I trusted and I let go and I I rode and I rode and I rode and I just had the time of my life and then I was ready to go again and again and again and um Ken actually they had a shoulder injury so we stopped riding and I, I I really don't enjoy riding by myself for safety reasons but um so yeah I haven't been riding but just two nights ago um I actually went out to the BMX pump track which I've never ridden a pump track before. Oh, so yeah. I got myself a little BMX bike, like the old days, no E power, just a good old pedal power. And it's, um, I took Z out there with me and she's never, I mean, she's never even been on a BMX bike before. Right. And I was like, let's just ride this pump track. And we did it. And like, I know that the pump track is all about the physics of moving your body. You shouldn't have to pedal not once to get your around a pump track. That's the whole deal. And it, it started off, you know, and I had a couple of pedals in there and then I felt it and I felt the rhythm. And I, I was like, it started going too fast for my own comfort. <laughs> and, um, and I had to, whoa, okay. 
I did kind of like regroup, regroup and at the top of the other side, I made it all the way to one side. And then I was like, okay, let's do it again. And then I did it and I found my rhythm again. And, and then I gave it to Z and Z just hopped right on first time, first time on a BMX bike on a pump track. Right. And she just beautifully flies through this. I was like, she was born to do this. She was born to do this. And then she wants to do it again. And we did it until, um, it was too dark to see. And then we, we rode back, but it was just those letting go of the things that you think you can't do and just trying in order to move beyond this space you think you're in. I don't know. I feel like there's just something there in that. I hope that wasn't too much of a derail from what you were saying, but no, it's exactly, it's, it's exactly on point because it, it's also about letting your heart navigate, right? Your heart told you, told you something that your mind was trying to suppress, basically. It was. And once you just like get out of your own way and, that, and I do feel like this is something I am, I am, it's a, it's a thing that I have to remind myself every now and then get out of your own way, Jamie. <laughs> Stop stopping yourself <laughs> well that that's the other thing that i think that's another illusion is you aren't in your own way it's it's not you that is in the way it is you holding on to things that that prevent you from seeing the path yeah so it's a subtle twist of what you're saying. It's like, you are not in the way, right? Like it's not, it's not. It's not you that are not, I'm physically, yeah. Yeah, or you're even. not a villain that's in your own path. <laughs> you are just somebody who's holding your ego is just holding on to things that are in the way of you seeing and feeling the more that is available to you. And I love the neat thing is, is I love that Zia was out there and she already had all the epigenetic matter that she needed to be a whiz on the pump track, right? Yeah, it was, it was just, amazing. It's just <laughs> built into her. And all you need to do is just encourage it a little bit. And then there's something that she can also find joy in, in the same way that when you were young, you found joy in it. And in the same way that almost every young kid, every young kid, that's a, a <laughs> I, I got you. <laughs> tautological, <laughs> every kid, when we get our first bicycle, I remember buying my first bicycle. I wasn't allowed to have a bicycle where we grew up in New York because my my dad thought it was too dangerous to ride a bicycle around. And uh, but once I had that hundred and twelve dollars saved up for the Schwinn Varsity, my orange Schwinn Varsity bike, I went to the Schwinn store and I bought it because my friend Richie had the Schwinn Continental, but the Continentals were yellow. I wanted the orange. Nice. The Varsity was one just, I think, well, maybe the Varsity was 109 bucks and the Continental was 112 bucks because it had uh, center pole brakes on it. And, my, and the, the Varsity had side pole brakes, but the, essentially they were 
the same bike, just <laughs> orange and yellow. So I got the orange one so I could ride with my pal Richie or be like my pal Richie. I love it. But the joy that I had, the freedom that I had in mastering the bicycle was incredible. And uh, because it gave me that taste of freedom from my family and independence and being out in the world in a new way under my own power. And I could ride to other neighborhoods. I could ride from New York to New Jersey. <laughs> I, would show up at, I would show up at Richie's house in New Jersey, even though it was, who knows, maybe it was five miles. It wasn't very far. Maybe it was 10 miles at the most, but I would ride there. And I would ride there of my own accord because I remember how, and I was just, you know, maybe I was 12, but I could ride there because I remember the drive. Like I could remember the roads from the driving there. So yeah. I would just take the same roads. Wow. And then my mom would get a call from my aunt Rose, because that's the house where Richie was the eldest son of my aunt Rose and my aunt. Rose wasn't really an aunt, but she was part of the German community. So we called all those women and all the, all the men, aunts and uncles. They were yeah. all just aunts and uncles. She calls up my mom and says, your son is here. <laughs> what should I like? What should I do with him? <laughs> That's so great. I just want to let you know your son is here in case you he's think here. he's missing. So he's loud. here at our house now. We used to have that in, in New, our neighborhood. In New Jersey. Wow. <laughs> he's in New Jersey. Like, what? How do you get all the way out there? <laughs> oh, I love it. I love but, it to go back to Zia and the, this joy is at that moment, you are reconnecting with your heart's ability to navigate. And the mind is what's the mind and the ego are what are creating, uh, are obscuring these things. It's not that you are in your own way. It's just that you're, ego is concerned with other things and and when your ego is concerned with other things your heart is going is down here going hey but wait like, <laughs> like, like you're not you're just whoa you're distracted you're not listening to me i'm connect i am connected to all of this i know i know what's up hello <laughs> <laughs> Right. And uh, so when you go on your walk, you connect with your greater nature. Yeah. When you're mountain biking, you connect with your greater nature. And when you express your greater nature, this is the thing that I noticed when I told the story about sailing and also when you're telling the story about mountain biking and your walk uh, this morning is that it resonates. It's so because your heart is fully in it and it resonates everything around. So I get that high, right? I get that buzz. I'm getting that energy. It's activating all the other heart centered moments that are, that are analogous moments that I have had in my life. 
it's activating them and then it's creating you know then it's stirring up memories and so then i am further so then i we are discussing these memories and so then we have positive judgments about it and then it feeds <laughs> on itself right and so this is how we create everything we create is this process it's just that when there's so much joy and it's so perfectly heart-centered it's like it's turbocharged yeah right and so ken's ken's uh Ken went out mountain biking and he knew he could feel it. He yeah. could feel how awesome it was. He could, yeah. and he knew that that was something in you and he could project it and kept pushing until your heart finally said, oh, your heart's down here going, he's talking about something that I love. You and can I'm do so this. Yeah, we can do this and i'm so good at this and my heart loves the, loves this mountain biking and then you take your daughter out and you share just a tiny bit of your yeah. love and passion for mountain biking and this bmx bmx riding yeah. which is you started it was like the heyday right it was yeah. like oh man right, yeah 1982 right <laughs> like was, 1981 yeah i mean and my first, my first BMX bike, since we were on that, uh, my brother made for me out of parts from his, like he'd built his own, you know, from he, he had one. And then, you know, when you get into anything, you start taking oh, on, yeah. you put adding new components and, you know, the thing really building it custom. And, you know, so he had all these other bike parts and I, my first bike was pink with a banana seat and a basket, you know, and the big old handlebars. Oh, yeah and the little dangly ribbons off the handlebars. So that was my first bike. And my brothers, I grew up in the desert here in Vegas. And my brother, uh, I was one of two girls and there were like eight boys that, you know, all my closest friend was a, a kid two years younger than me who went on actually inspired by my brother and his BMX leadership uh, to be an X Games guy. who's now the host of The Challenge, the TV show. Um, wow. But he was a, a BMX, like famous X gamer, uh, BMX guy. But he was the the kid from the neighborhood. Like, um, but yeah, all of us started riding together. My brother was like, "You can't ride that with us, you know, your pink basket bike." Like, let me get your. So for my birthday one year, he had built a bike for me. I still remember Redline forks, Torker frame. That's all yeah. I remember. But um, silver and blue. And the forks were actually like a spray painted red or something, but he, um, he built like a treasure map for me for my birthday. And he gave me the envelope with it in it. And I had to go on this wow. little find and it was under a blanket in the garage. And he, that was my, that was my first BMX bike and what a wow. cool thing. I and I always struggled to keep up with him and his friends. Always. I was never very fast. Um, but I loved trying, <laughs> trying to keep up with the boys. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. There's so many great things in there, especially the, um, the design of the actual, uh, like that your brother actually made you work for the. Yeah. For the, <laughs> the little right? treasure like, hunt with the little dots. The treasure and, hunt. Yeah. Like how creative. Very cool. Very cool. And, uh, 
Yeah, we, I, just, I mean, those were great memories for sure. These are. Yeah, in the seventies, we took those. Uh, we would go to the dump because there were always bicycles at the dump. Oh wow! Uh, this this is and uh, so collecting forks and yeah. frames and uh, brake lines and anything still good. <laughs> well, there were no yeah there were no there were no. These were all coaster coaster brake oh, bikes. Okay, yeah. Back, well, actually, back. that's not true. Uh, I think Richie had a, an orange crate or a, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. The Schwinn with a with a with a five speed shifter. Heck yeah, that's right. Cool. That'd just take <laughs> out your, like if you slipped and fell off the banana seat on that and it hit the shifter, it would just take your manhood out. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure the lawyers quashed all the orange crates like and the. And all of those, all of those Schwinn bikes got, got put, put to rest by, uh, <laughs> by injury, injury attorneys. But we would take those and then we would uh, cut the forks and make choppers. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Uh, and so, and, but really long choppers, like we yes. would stack them. We would, you'd have the forks go you know, the way the forks normally go. But yeah. then what you do is you chop a set of forks and then chop the tips off and then you jam them on and then drill them and put a bolt in. And then, so <laughs> then you'd have the second set yeah. going in the opposite direction. And then oh, you put a third chop, put a third set on there going in that the normal direction again. And so you would have this S-curve chopper That's awesome. front end. Yeah. Wow. We, super dangerous right yeah. super, wobbly, super no no structural integrity because they weren't welded they were just actually we would ride them even before we would drill and bolt them together because you could just jam them together just this to is, check it out this is a little <laughs> bit of a, of a derail <laughs> but speaking of dangerous but amazing um there's a youtube there's a youtuber that ken introduced me to um his name is sam pilgrim and you can yeah, look him up on YouTube, Sam Pilgrim. Uh -huh. He's a like a BMX and slash mountain biker, but one of the most optimistic spirits I've ever seen. Just positive energy all the time. And he experiments. He and his brother build different things. And, you know, like, uh, dude, it's just amazing. Some of, I mean, they did an experiment where they filled their tires with a uh, monster energy drink and you know rode the track to see they so they just try amazing <laughs> things and they put um like wagon wheels on the on a bike and rode the track you know i mean just anything that you can think of like um they tried different i just watched one last night where they tried uh lowering the the tire pressure to how low can we go and still ride <laughs> like oh, 25 psi here's what it looks like and they have their little uh um cameras mounted to their helmets i mean they're just um this yeah sam pilgrim is the name and he's just absolutely a ball of energy and i just love him I, like i love his channel i love i haven't seen one that i i don't enjoy they're they're fantastic if you're curious but that it's just that sort of just experimental nature and then always yeah. positive um you know even through like he's had some pretty good injuries um and he's just positive positive always i'm just gonna keep trying things and doing things and i i love it it's really inspiring so a, a little bit of a a side nook there but 
somebody i feel is living his best life for sure for sure well it reminds me of the the other reason one of the other things that was at richie's house in new jersey besides making choppers was a, a ping pong table oh nice and we put the ping pong table out in the middle of the street it was a it was like a legit competition ping pong table. <laughs> That's awesome. On the street. On the street. Uh, I love that. Because the otherwise it was in the garage. Normally it was in the garage, but there were some times where it was I remember it being out in the middle of the street where we would make the choppers and <laughs> and then they had um we weren't we didn't have soda at our house. Soda was really like for special occasions, like occasionally yeah. you'd get a pizza or to get a pizza from a pizza joint and then we'd get a you know a big bottle of coca-cola or something yeah. to have coca-cola and pizza but otherwise <laughs> there was no soda at heart but mountain dew and i didn't know mountain dew had caffeine in it like not <laughs> du- double the caffeine of coca-cola yeah right and so we were out there we were out there we'd be out there playing ping pong, drinking Mountain Dew for hours. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Until everything burned out. <laughs> that was, Dr. Pepper was, we had a lot of Kool-Aid though. That is like, we didn't keep a lot of soda until I was older. My mom had a, a special fridge for her soda because it was such a rarity for her as a kid. So that was yeah. her, like, I I've finally made it in life. I have my own refrigerator of Pepsi. That was her sort of like thing and people loved coming to our house because we always had soda and <laughs> she would always be like yes you know help, help yourselves and but um kool-aid kool-aid was the thing when we were younger like i loved kool-aid and tang those powdered sugar drinks yeah um those were those are such magical we get the kool-aid mustache going and <laughs> man we loved our kool-aid from the tupperware cup um yeah man good memories Oh. Yeah, I mean, these are the things, these are the simple things that kind of activate joy, open up the heart, yeah, and lead us to the next good thing. Yep. Right. And I, I know I'd ask Kool-Aid. about that. Kool-Aid. I, Kool-Aid. I'd ask. Fruit. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Kool-Aid. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I love it. Bursting through the wall. Oh man, I love Kool-Aid, man. We used to save the points. And I remember my sister and I um, were on so many memories today. My sister and I saved enough Kool-Aid points that we each got a Kool-Aid fanny pack with our Kool-Aid points. And it was amazing. And then we also got a Kool-Aid Man Atari game um, that you could only get through the Kool-Aid points. It was not available without the points. Wow, that's legit. I have that one mounted on my wall. That was pre, I was, I was, I was early seventies where yeah. Kool-Aid came in where I occasionally have Kool-Aid, but it wasn't, Kool-Aid wasn't that big. You know, my dad, my dad, another dad story. Um, He said that they had it in Vietnam, but they uh, called it warmish because they couldn't keep it cool. They didn't have ice. <laughs> so he was like, oh, we called that warmish. So I was like, wow. <laughs> another little little side note it's all about my dad today oh man oh and ernie ernie poking up hi hi oh uh, well i don't know sorry go ahead. well you're, you're well you're well it, this all started with your dad's 
concept of knowing, which is yeah. pretty much the, that is the ultimate state of, according to Hawkins, is that is the ultimate state. And that, and in that state of pure knowingness, and there is no more linear judgment right there's no more good bad it just is everything is I in that am. state of in that state of isness yeah. and and absolute knowing that's a that is the place where there is no need to be even in this world anymore right and that's where the mystic or the guru needs to make the decision to how am i going to operate in this world now what am i am i you know the, the then then there's just the pure karmic path of what am i doing what do i have to offer do i even need to be here and the some of the things that he describes in these stages are there sometimes there's an urge not even to be or or I guess I can't call it an urge, but there's no need to even be around other humans, right? That where there's, he describes a period where he just went away to upstate New York for seven years and he just meditated and did his own thing. And this was somebody who had the largest psychiatry practice in the United States where they had thousands and thousands of, uh, I mean, they had dozens of clinics, thousands of clients, and hundreds of psychiatric practitioners all over the U.S. practicing these methods that he had developed for getting people out of addiction. And and a lot of these were love and heart-based type yeah. therapies. And But there was a point in his own spiritual evolution where he just went away because there was no, as you stated at the beginning, it's like there was no interest in the mundane anymore. Yeah. So then what is, then what is there? And when I read the story, I could feel my ego being afraid of like, oh my God, you mean like there's, there's going to be a point where I give all of this up or I don't care mm -hmm. about it or, and I can feel, I can feel it that a lot of things aren't important anymore, especially mundane kind of conversations and they aren't important. So then what is important? Creating something, connecting my, connecting with my heart, being, what are the, it's the, um, the scale the scale of my spiritual ambition, allowing my heart to follow its spiritual or its, let's say its natural course or ambition makes the rest of me afraid for the unknown of, well, if this, <laughs> like even getting my car back from the, uh, after a month, which I love my car. I love driving. I love even my car. I get in it. I don't even really know it or care much about it. Yeah. Right. It's now, it's a very nice conveyance. 
Yeah. It's, um, but it's also a burden, right? Like I got to take care of it. I got to put yeah, fuel like in it. Being kind clean of, it. It's like all of these. Yeah. Weighed down by the material pieces that aren't absolutely necessary really. And it, it is interesting. I, um, I feel the more um, comfortable I feel with what I've created for myself, the more I'm drawn toward service, right? Trying to share what I know, what I've learned, what I've experienced with others. And it's, it's funny to come at it from where I feel like I'm at. I don't even know how to say this. Um, I feel like it's funny, like this work that I'm doing, right? Like I'm, I'm doing this work, which I really love, which comes pretty, like the other day I had, I, you know, I've been just kind of trying to absorb everything, take it all in so that I can then kick butt and move forward, right? And I had a good kick butt breakthrough moment um, the other day in this, this gig. And, um, and it was like one of those where I was like, okay, it, like I, I know like, this is why I'm here. This is what I bring to the table. And yet I, I feel like, oh gosh, this sounds so egotistical. Um, I'll just say without worry. All right, ego or not. I feel like the people around me perceive me as like, oh, there's a new person working with the HR team and they're, um, perception of that is like oh a, a lady <laughs> hr lady i don't know what that means but i'm like <laughs> i bring so much experience to the table i'm really freaking good at what i do and i'm a fucking wizard motherfucker <laughs> and I, I just wanted to say like i like i felt that i've felt that you know people go oh isn't that cute or whatever and then you like rock something and they go oh oh Oh, and, and then yeah. you have their attention, right? Like, I feel like I, I got their attention the other day and it was really good feeling, really good feeling. And yeah, at the same time, you gotta, I, I want, I, I, I want to check myself and my humility too, right? Like, I know I'm good at what I do. I think confidence is okay. There's a reason I do what I love doing and I am gravitated constantly toward that, right? Like I, Sure, I could not do it um, for quite some time, financially speaking. Okay, there. But I love doing what I, I love doing this. And I feel like there's, there's opportunity to learn some new angles by working specifically with an HR team. I'm not an HR backgrounded person. So I'm learning some new things, new ways of thinking, new ways that they do things. Um, and yet they're open-minded enough to say, we want someone like you to come help us do this, solve this problem and, um, or this challenge. And, and, and so we're collaborating, like we're on fire and it's great in a good, you know, the best possible way. And anyway, like, yeah, I had, I had a really good moment like that, like two days ago. And I was just like, yeah, this is why, this is why you brought me in. <laughs> yeah. Well, our, our egos do want approval right we want yeah. acknowledgement we want approval we you know we want control and we also want security right we want all of those things 
but if we are connected to our heart and we are exercising that which we know inside of us that's inside of us then that will resonate with other people more than more than the I'm a fucking wizard. <laughs> well, and that's, you know, I think that's where I was trying to go with that. And I, I kind of lost track of my point, but the ego part, the ego part, like there's a, there's an exercise of humility here that I think that I'm due, right? Like I, I, yes, I'm good at what I do, but also can I serve in humility? Can I provide this service humbly? Yeah and 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 yeah and that's it like that that's where i feel like is a, ch a challenge for you know and like i don't think i'm all throwing ego around all the time that's not usually my speed but like at the same time like in my mind sometimes i'm like you know who you're talking to like yeah i know i've yeah. done this before <laughs> yes i have but you know it, it's um i want to approach it without that thought i don't want that thought playing in my mind. I want to just relax and do what I'm good at, be graceful. I want to incorporate an element of grace. I think that I haven't had before and, yeah. um, and to grow in that way. So that's where I guess going back to when you were talking about you know, sort of a fear of like, is this what happens next? Is this what I have to look forward to or whatever? And, you know, I think we're probably in different places in this um, experience, right? We're different beings with different experiences and and all of that but um well, yeah right that's now, a uh, right now we are in the same exact place <laughs> that, we, we, are. Place. We, are. we are right now we are in the same exact place which is here <laughs> here right <laughs> nothing now nothing else nothing which yeah is, we're in you the know same, which is... the only it's the only reason we're having this discussion is because yeah. we are in the same place in um this exchange is happening out of humility because I don't know what we're getting at. You know, I don't, Yeah. <laughs> we, we didn't put the, I mean, the whole reason of the unconstrained podcast is we didn't put a constraint on it. It's very and true. We keep arriving here. And in my mind, it keeps getting better. We keep going deeper or we keep expanding our understanding of who we are and what we want and what we are experiencing in life and the the even the judgment of who's further along or where or what different what places we are in is pointless because the only place we are in is this <laughs> place right now <laughs> we're doing this doing this and sure, we're doing some time travel, we're recounting stories, but ultimately that is bringing us back to this place where our hearts are engaged and we're going, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I do love that. So there's a, I don't even know if cadence is the right word, but I do feel like as you described it, every, like we're either going deeper or expanding out further. And there is like a, a shift to how the energy of each uh, of these conversations goes. And I, I love how it, it does seem to perpetually expand in all directions, you know? Um, I enjoy that very much. Well, the, the work, I mean, humility is one of the core um, 
I guess, states of a spiritual seeker, right? Yeah. Like you go, Absolutely. you have to go into your spiritual process, growth process with humility because we are trying to learn about that which we don't know, right? Yeah. We are, right? Like the reason we come into this process is because we don't know. Yeah. What's, yeah. We don't know what's there. So the, and all that is there is already in us. So then how do we better connect to it, right? Like it's all available to us. We are nature. Yeah, it's like an ongoing um, expansion of perspective. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, widening I like, perspective. I like the word cadence <laughs> yeah. a lot because yeah. our, the, the cadence will change the cadence but again even cadence is a construct mm-hmm. right that's exactly i was like i'm hesitant uh you know in this here's what's funny that goes back to that first thing that i said about my dad I was talking about the the words right how our words actually get in the way because we're trying to define it we're trying to package these feelings with these words that communicates some semblance of what's going on, but words are so limiting. Like there's just a feeling and a knowing that it is happening. And so it, so with choosing a word like cadence even feels so limiting to what yes. is happening to what is this experience is. Yes. Yeah. And then, I keep going back to when I told the story about sailing to the, my climbing buddy, I just saw how it lit him up. Like he was lit, like he got it. Yeah. He could feel it. It was, and it transcended all the other mundane conversations we have ever had. And I thought, (laughs) and I thought how many mundane conversations have we had about stuff? that were just to get through the moments between climbing, right? Like right. just mundane conversations. Not not that any of those were bad or good or anything. They were just mundane. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I did this. And yeah. there was no heart. There was very little heart connected to it. It was just like, that's what I did this weekend. Yeah, I went into the office and I don't really like my corporate, you know, I'm not really into my corporate gig and then you know and then i think well you know i don't really know much about corporate gigs because i've always just been you know on the fringes of corporate (laughs) stuff right i drop in i drop in (laughs) wave my wizard wand (laughs) (laughs) you know this this what you're saying actually presents a question in my mind is is there you know beauty is where you find it right like um Mm -hmm. Is there more to embrace in the mundane or do you, you know, I, I find myself more and more deflected by what I consider mundane, but is there something to consider in pausing with the mundane and giving it gratitude and, and grace, you know, not saying that we're not doing that, but well i would say i would say that the that we can bring our heart and love again mundane is a judgment 
-hmm. Exactly, right? And I think that's... It's a linear construct. And if I am truly in that moment with my friend, then it doesn't matter what comes out of his mouth. It's just this. I can love him. I can appreciate him. And I really did uh, that moment where I saw him light up. I really did. And recently he's told me some stories about his own expeditions, climbing in South America. And he's had a hip replacement. He's younger than me. He's in his, he's maybe in his early fifties. So maybe 10 years younger, but he's already had a hip replacement and that he can't really do kind of extreme, you know, like climbing 16, 17,000 meters, you know, foot peaks in South America. He's not going to be doing that anymore, but he's a, he's a decent rock climber. And we, and so I really have started to just appreciate him. Like he's a guy who's willing to hang out with me and then we're climbing and it's easy and he's competent and right. So the mundane doesn't even matter because my, the way I've switched or the way I view him is as I am grateful to have this new friend who I can climb with and uh, enjoy. And talking about the mundane is just a part of, you know, it's just a part of what happens. I don't need to put any value on it. Yeah. And then I can still appreciate my, and if, if it, if that person, I guess what I saw is that I could communicate beyond the mundane, right? Like we had a moment. Yeah. We had a moment where it was beyond mundane. And so that moment of our hearts connecting, that will, that will change the mundane that will it, it uh, does. That, 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 that there will be uh, there will be less mundane there might be less verbal interaction altogether right or the level of our the level of our interaction will be different or the level of our appreciation but something has changed in that relationship Is it me? Is it him? I don't know. I don't care. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It, it's it just doesn't that matter. It's just some that magic happened. <laughs> it's just that I am, I am much more in the moment. And again, in the last two days since the probably since the last time I've been climbing twice since the last time we had our last session, and uh, I have completed four new routes in these are in the gym but they are definitely at the top of my uh, ability but I have put them all together I've completed these routes and I'm climbing at a a level that I have not climbed at let's say in 30 years maybe in awesome in uh, I mean, I'm, I am, and I'm, I'm heavier. I'm not as, I'm not the prototypical, well, I've never was the prototypical rock climber because I'm a little tall for that. 
but I'm definitely a lot heavier. So I have to have a lot more muscle to, especially when things get beyond vertical, when they get overhanging. Yeah. But the, um, but the, my level of climbing has gone up. My level of belief in my ability to climb has improved and my level of concern for how well I'm climbing has decreased right like I don't I'm just like okay let's see how I do yeah right it's not like oh I'm training to get to this level or this level it's just there's a constant curiosity well I did that let's see if I can do this or let's see if I can do this and then let's see if it's very open now there's again there's no there is no urgency it's just a curiosity to see how how well can this 61 year old vehicle climb yeah that's my curiosity how and how long can i keep it up and i have great examples i have my friend chuck who's 65 who's climbing at levels that 99% 99% of all climbers in the world would would uh, be astounded by. I mean, he's a, no one his age has ever climbed as hard as he has. So I guess he's the, at his age, he's the best in the world. That's awesome. And so he's out there, and I'm like, well, <laughs> and but and and he works at it all the time. So I know there's a huge in climbing as in BMX riding or any other sport, there's always more, right? There's always always better to become. (laughs) And so in the same way, we are approaching this spiritual project here. This Mm -hmm. is a spiritual project with humility and saying, all right, let's see where we can go. Let's see how far we can take it. Yep. That's it. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) How far can we take this spiritual journey? (laughs) yeah let's let's find out (laughs) and i'm just amazed because you have the foundation the thing is is your your dad already created this foundation right like he installed these nuggets in you yeah right like like he like whatever his experience was like he had to have some very incredible experiences during the war right in vietnam but he resolved them in a way probably that that probably not a lot of other people were able to resolve like something in your dad was able to like whatever his level of curiosity or self-awareness was high enough that he could come up with these things that are really high yeah I, the only way they're very high yeah. it's the only and even even just you describing the way your brother fabricated he didn't just fabricate a present for you he fabricated an experience to lead you to a moment right that led yeah. to even greater moments on the bicycle and so these are these are very high heart-centered concepts and they're beautiful and um they're very moving right like you can feel it and so even 
even I really appreciate your dad and your brother, right? Like I can feel it, right? It's beautiful. It is. It definitely yeah. is. And so you have that, right? Like that moment, that stuff, that that ability to open the heart that was already installed a long time ago. That's where, that's why you have so much ability to experience joy. That's right? really because, awesome. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's something yeah. I have uh, recognized on my own. Yeah. Cause you have these tricksters. You actually had these tricksters in your life that in a very short amount of time installed something really great. Like, like they, like they put this in you, right? Like they, so it was like incubating. They dosed, <laughs> they dosed you with this, right? Like this is like a, you got dosed with something. And because of this kind of freedom in the desert girl, you know, like I felt like I had to fight for some of these freedoms, but I did have great, even at 12, I had some, because of my parents didn't necessarily know how to manage us. I had great, I, and because I had initiative, I had great freedom Yeah. in ways. Once I had my bicycle and I could ride to New Jersey from New York, my, that was 10 miles. That's <laughs> amazing. Actually, we lived on the New Jersey border. We lived 300 feet away from New Jersey. So it was just like I could walk to New Jersey. <laughs> Technically. But it's a 10-mile ride. That's something. It's a 10-mile ride. Man. Wow. So, so that is super beautiful. Right? Like that, that you have a framework you have uncovered a framework that led you to this moment, right? Like, like your, your, your dad and your brother actually put these little dots out. They put these little dots out on the horizon. And now here we are and we're starting to connect them right yeah. into a much larger view of the universe, right? Yeah. They're still, com they're still communicating right? Like everything your dad did and everything your brother did is still communicating. And now it's communicating to me too. Right? It's, uh, yeah, it's all, definitely. It, it's all communicating without regard for time or distance or any of it. Yeah, I think that's quite um, <coughs> deep. Yeah, thank you. And moving, thank you. Yeah, it's super moving. It's a it's a great moment, right? It's super super cool moment. Just breathing, just breathing it in, really. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, where I don't know where to it. go from there. I feel like No, it's... I think we've we've we have arrived at a beautiful moment of gratitude and grace and humility. Yeah. I mean, those 
I mean, I, I think that's, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to write all. So we have, uh, we have gratitude, grace, humility, and expansion. And a whole bunch of Ernie here. And a whole bunch of Ernie. <laughs> I'm covered in Ernie here. Stefan, thank you so much. Like, this is going to be great because now I get to go see my sister. And, you know, it's it's just us. We're the last two (laughs) of our our immediate family. And we don't get to see each other very often. So it's been a while. And, yeah. I want to, I'm going to go on a road trip with my sister. How cool. You can take, uh, you can take your buzz with you. Yeah. Your yep. sister and look, your brother, <laughs> your brother and your dad are coming along. And my mom, and your, <laughs> we yeah. didn't touch on my mom very much, but boy, is she ever, uh, in the picture for sure. Yeah. In all the best ways. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the thing. All of it exists all of it i feel like i'm this. like whew, i feel like i just went on a really hard run sort of like in you know that we feeling. did like, we yeah. definitely yeah this was this was a an emotional and a spiritual heart-centered workout yeah it was <laughs> we had a good yeah. mental workout here oh i like that all right stefan i am gonna close out with extreme gratitude thank you for um always doing this with me (laughs) we'll do it again (laughs) yeah uh thank you for doing this with me this is um this is a guaranteed joy in my every week mine too (laughs) um, and and uh i love that we we just don't know where we're gonna go or where we're gonna end up yeah, we got to give Ken a shout out for being like, you guys should just do this regularly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, Ken deserves shout outs for all kinds of uh, uh, all kinds of little things. He, he is really a, does. He's a trickster of the highest order. <laughs> he really is. Um, <laughs> all right, Stefan. Well, until our next amazing conversation, um, take care and have some amazing experiences. All right. Thank with you. No Jamie. expectation. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers to you. Bye. Bye bye. <laughs>